Men, it's time to make friendship a priority in your life. It is time to get clarity on what a true spiritual friend is. And we are here to help you do just that. In this season of the Cross Training Ministries podcast, Joe Barnard and myself, Evan McGinty, are going to guide you to discover 10 marks of a spiritual friend. We're going to help you get on a path of spiritual growth with a band of brothers. Let's get started. All right, Joe, let's talk spiritual friendship for, well, at least our last time in this season. We made it to the end. We did. We said we would do 10 characteristics of a spiritual friend, and uh, this is episode number 10, which is exciting uh, because I think that when we started this, uh, you know, one of the things that kicked this off for you and I was doing that practice with guys where we asked them to identify some characteristics of a spiritual friend, kind of in a playful way saying, just like if you went into a store and all around the walls of the store were hanging the characteristics of a friend and you got to pick off that shelf one by one, the characteristics that you needed at this season of your life to move forward with a spiritual friend, what would you take? And uh, it's been neat to kind of go through uh, week by week and see what some of those look like and the benefits uh, that a spiritual friend can have in our own spiritual lives. Um, however, you know, one way we haven't looked at this is we haven't looked at this as the guy that's hanging on the wall with those characteristics <laughs> that needs to be picked up off the wall by someone else. We love the idea of walking into a store and saying, I need right now in this season of my life, you know what I need as a friend? Oh man, I need a co-author. I really need a complacency cop right now. So let me get one of those. Let me get one of those and uh, become this big shopping spree, this free for all. Uh, But have we pictured ourselves, and this may be a challenge for all of us to look back at some of these characteristics. Uh, Have you placed yourself as the guy that's in the store waiting to be picked by someone else? Have you developed the uh, the, some of the characteristics that we've talked about. So I want to kind of go there today. I want us to talk about and look at things from a bit of a flipped point of view. What if you started to pursue being the ideal friend? What does that start to look like for us, Joe? Well, I love, I love what you're saying because I think it's in my attitude. It's in the attitude of just every modern man is we start from a self-centered point of view, we're the consumer. And uh, so what we've been doing over these weeks is, yeah, thinking, what do I need um, that's going to help me achieve the goals that I have in my life? And in the middle of all of it is that big uh, two-letter word, me. Mm. And, uh, you know, what, we need, what we've got to do is uh, think from a, that other point of view. As Christian men, it's not about us. Um, there's a whole lot of guys out there And they're in desperate need. They may not even realize they have this need. So yeah, how do we not just think about being a consumer, but actually think about becoming a kind of person that is a friend with all of the kind of skills that a friend needs so that we can begin to give what guys are in such desperate need to have, even if they're not yet aware of it. So I think for you to flip it in this way is uh, the ideal way to end. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of a, a book I read years ago uh, by a guy named Adam Grant. Uh, he's an organizational psychologist. He helps businesses and the people in the businesses, you know, learn how to work well together as a team and grow. Um, but he wrote this book called Give and Take, and uh, he did a bunch of research following uh, the, the careers of men and women in the business world. 
And he identified they fell into three different categories. They were either a giver, a taker, or a matcher. And the giver is the person that's always saying, hey, what can I do to help you? They're looking out for the interest of the other people in the business world around them. And they're sacrificing sometimes their own uh, interests to help those that are around them. The taker is the opposite. Of course, taker is all about me, all about how can, what, can, what do I need to do to, you know, to get to the next step in my career? How can I climb over that guy? How can I climb over that person? And then the matcher says, you know what, if you help me, I'll help you. But if you take from me, I'm going to take from you. I'm going to do, I'm going to follow whatever action you, you do. I'm going to match you in that. So he followed these people's careers. Um, and here's what he found. He found that the people that are at the bottom of the totem pole in the business world that are probably least successful right now in their career are the givers. The givers are those that are really struggling at the bottom because they're giving of themselves so much. So they find themselves not quite rising on that career ladder uh, as fast as some of the others. And then what he found, the people that are at the top of the ladder is also the givers. It's the givers. Because you know what happens over time is the takers, they, they rise quickly. These are the guys that they'll step over you quick and they, they can succeed really fast. However, over time, people catch on to them. They say, wait a second, you're all about you. You're all about getting things done for you and you will push me out of the way for the sake of it. Whereas the givers help others in order to get where they're going. And so over a course of time, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's the thing. The givers are on bottom for a long time until people finally figure out their game. And they're like, wait, you're all about helping me. I'll help you too. This guy's great. Hey, have you seen for 10 years, this guy's been helping other people and they rise to the top eventually over the long course of time. And I think that's, you know, a great, uh, you know, a parable a little bit for what we're aiming for in friendship. It's not, man, if we're those takers that are always looking for those attributes to try to take from others, uh, if we view friendship as that, it, it will be helpful for us. You know, that's what the takers found in the business world. It's not that they didn't succeed. They actually do end up being successful people, but you can only go so far. You can only go so far and you eventually find that people don't really care about you. <laughs> so I don't know, does that hit home for you at all in the friendship realm that we've talked about? It, it does. And I think the, the real key is to get out of the mindset of, okay, this is a tool to make me succeed and to realize, no, this is just a better type of person. Mm. Um, and oddly enough, in the world God's made, often that results in good things. Um, but to even see becoming this type of man is more important than the kind of rewards it might bring over time. And I think that it's a way of introducing, you know, the label mm. for this trait of, of friendship, which is, uh, so that the, the trait we're introducing this week is the idea of uh, we need spiritual friends. We need to become spiritual friends who are fullbacks. And if you mm -hmm. think of the difference between the fullback and the running back, you know, the running back, he wants the stats. Uh, <laughs> he wants to score the points. Um, it's about him and it's about all the publicity he gets for excelling. The fullback, nobody knows his name, uh, but he's clearing the hole. His job is to make sure that guy with the ball gets as far as he possibly can. And so how do we become those type of men we're not thinking with the, the running back cap on. Uh, we're thinking like the fullback. And we want to see other guys get as far as they can in this walk with the Lord. And if we cultivate that, um, we're going to become that kind of giving person that you just described. Yeah, it's almost you got to think about flip a script a little bit in your head uh, from thinking about friendship as a life hack 
because that's sometimes what we want. You know, we're all looking for these life hacks, right? What's going to help me get to the next phase or the next step in my life? How can I succeed? And uh, I think you could listen back to some of these uh, characteristics we've listed in the past. Say, man, if I just found this kind of friend, it could be a life hack to get me further on my spiritual journey. You know, yeah. this is so friendship can be uh, viewed as a life hack. But we say, wait a second, wait a second, hold on. Friendship is not just a life hack. This is actually something we've got to cultivate in ourselves. This is something that we've got to give of in ourselves. How would you point guys towards taking those steps forward? How do we cultivate this friendship in ourselves? Yeah. Well, and I think this is where, so again, if you look at old thinkers on this topic, they talk about friendship being a virtue. And, you know, virtue is not a word that we use much. Most guys will struggle to know what it means, but a virtue is uh, kind of an excellent moral character. Um, it's the it's almost like a skill that you might display in a sport. Only instead of thinking about dribbling a basketball, you're thinking about character traits. And so, you know, what these older thinkers were saying is that friendship is something worth cultivating in your life because it's part about it's part of growing into a mature human being. And so, you know, the question I think we've got to be thinking about is, well, what are those? What are these skills that we can grow in that'll make us into a spiritual friend for others? And, you know, when we approach it from that angle, I think a few things come to mind. Uh, one is, you know, the skill of active listening um, to really be able to sit, hear what somebody is saying, not be distracted, ask questions that help them probe deeper than they even saw within themselves. And, you know, that's a skill that men are notoriously terrible. In. <laughs> I mean, our wives you know, they know we hear the two second soundbite and then we just, you know, give the, the solution immediately. And that's not friendship. And so, you know, we talk about others, but, you know, just to start there, like become that person that is interested enough in other people that you're actually attentive to what they're saying. That's hard work. That's a skill that's going to take a lot of practice uh, to grow in. I wasn't quite. What did What did you just say, Joe? I'm sorry. I was a little distracted. I didn't. I didn't quite hear yeah, you. Right. No. no, no. You're right. I look. I struggle with this. This is uh, active listening. Is it's something that's got to be practiced. I think that's what's interesting about some of what you just said. Uh, we do at times fall back on this nature of thinking that uh, some people have it and some people don't. Like uh, that's what we think about some of these skills in friendship. Like, well, you either got it or you don't. And if I don't have it, well, then I'll never have it. But active listening is not something that just one guy happens to be really good at and better at than you. No, he's probably practiced it over time. You know why he's yeah. good? is because he was really bad at it at some point. <laughs> and then yeah. he kept practicing and he got better, you know, and uh, to see some of these uh, characteristics as something that, hey, I got to I got to get in there and practice and get going for it. What's another? I don't know. Is there is there a next step that you another next step that you would identify for guys yeah. to say? Yes, we think about growing in friendship. I mean, uh, you know, a few other skills we could call them come to mind. You know, one is developing the habit of, of we might just say, filling the passenger seat. Um, mm. This idea that as you go places in life, don't go with the empty car. Who can I bring in? We've already talked about that in terms of finding somebody else who has space for you in their car. Mm. But how do you have space for that guy who, you know, he's sitting there at home and he needs to, uh, to have somebody who he can converse with and spend time and have quantity time and quality, all the things we've talked about, become the guy that makes that happen for other men. Um, I think that's one closely connected. Another one is to think of uh, a kind of unscheduled availability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the problem with men and the kind of men that pay attention to this type of podcast, 
uh, they're thinking about their to-do list and anything that interrupts what they want to get done in a given day is a hurdle. And that's not the way the Christian life works. So yes, when you have the freedom to determine your task list, be efficient. But how do you cultivate as well that ability when the disruption comes to not see as a a disruption, but an opportunity and to uh, make yourself available to other people? Because that's a key aspect. We've talked about it with friendship. Um, When you need them, are they there? And so when guys need you, are you there? Um, I think the last one that just just comes to mind is uh, developing a a kind of habit of of courageous self-disclosure. This idea that people tend to open up when someone else has first made themselves vulnerable in their presence. And so you can sit there all day and wait for, you know, somebody to invite you to, to um, and unburden yourself. But, you know, if you want other guys to be able to begin to share themselves, start, start the process, um, you know, be honest, confess a sin that's shocking to them that then opens the door for them to say what they're struggling with. And that takes courage. It's not natural to most men to um, reveal much of themselves. You got to use some discernment, of course, um, but still, uh, help other guys find this space of trust so they can be honest about the, the scars and wounds that they're dealing with. Yeah. Don't be the running back that's standing back there waiting for someone else to clear the space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go be the guy, be the fullback, go clear the space for the guy that's behind you that, yeah, he, he would like to do some self-disclosure, but he's waiting for somebody else to clear the space to do it. He's waiting for somebody else to lead the way. And uh, I think we've got way too many, we've got a team full of running backs in a lot of friendship circles. <laughs> yeah. And what they need is, yeah, they need somebody who's going to step up and be the fullback, clear some space, say, hey, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll lead the way. Let me do it. And, uh, you know, a lot of this, it does uh, harken back to Christ, right? What do, what, how do we see Christ as, I hate to say as a fullback, but uh, where, where does uh, Jesus and the way he led in, inside his friendships come out in this idea of someone who leads the way and someone who clears space and who models all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the ultimate non-consumer when it comes to relationships, right? I mean, um, you know, the son of God, you know, he had eternal fullness uh, in the presence of the father of the spirit. There was no lack that had to be filled by us. And yet he goes out and uh, he's initiating all of these relationships. He didn't need Peter, he didn't need John or James in his life, but he enters into their life because uh, they needed him and he wanted to share what he had with them. And so, I mean, what we see is, you know, he goes out, he launches the friendship, he exhibits all of these traits we're talking about, and then they grow up in that school and they go out and, you know, they start to, there's a whole movement of friendship that happens through the church. So, yeah, Jesus, he's the, he's the one who, in that place of humility, pouring himself out. And so how are we going to yeah. do that? Um, as I think it's, uh, I think it, you, you've brought up hey, and it's it, a dangerous point for sure. If we're looking at Jesus for that model, because what did Jesus say? Uh, something like, you know, greater love has no man than this. Yeah. than he lay down his life for his friend. Right. right. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. So we're, we're talking about a, a dangerous calling here in, in a sense, in that, uh, that's a fullback right there, right? Uh, that, that's Absolutely. the idea. And that's what we're aiming for in friendship. That's not a consumer model of uh, approaching your friendship. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down your life for your friends. Are you aiming for that, guys? Are you, uh, is that something you're cultivating in yourself? 
because that's what Christ modeled. That's what he's called us to. That's love. That's, that's, what, that's what we're aiming for. Now, I want to shift a little bit and think about if guys do this really, really well, Joe, if they like really, let, let's say they go out and they find a group of friends. We've said this spiritual friendship can't be one. You know, you need load bearing walls. You need a whole band of brothers. And let's say they've got all these characteristics that we've talked about. And then they themselves now have cultivated all these characteristics inside themselves. And they've become uh, all, all, just a great, wonderful spiritual friend. They're all together, this band of brothers on a journey uh, with one another. Is that the end? Have we, if we've set guys up for that, you know, in 10 episodes, spiritual friendship, we did it. You know, have we set guys up for complete success? Or is there something else that's needed here in this journey towards Christ-likeness? Yeah. Well, we've got to be honest and say, guys, you're not going to master all of this uh, over <laughs> years or, or a lifetime. Uh, however, um, I, th- I think you're right in, in saying that this is, this is an ingredient of uh, spiritual growth or even a condition. It's a vital condition. I mean, if you look at, I'm looking outside the window and you got the sunlight and that's a vital condition. Mm. But if that, if that rain doesn't fall as well, the grass still isn't going to grow. So, you know, it needs the soil too. So, you know, you've got multiple conditions that enable uh, just the grass to grow. And it's the same with, with men. And so we're saying this is essential, these kind of close relationships. Um, but it's not the only condition. And so, you know, with cross training, you know this, but we often talk about a you know, kind of three elements, uh, spiritual friendship being one of them, um, simple routines, bodily discipline being the other two. And, uh, you know, we, we label these three things, not because they're the only things that matter, but they are three things that are missing from a significant percentage of Christian men's lives right now. And so, yeah, my encouragement would be, so as guys begin to get these friends um, to then think about the road that they're going to follow with those friends. Um, and, you know, what are the, you know, what are the spiritual routines that, that they, they all need? So they, they need to be in God's word. Um, they need to be uh, speaking to God in prayer. They need to be showing up at church. And so how do they help each other? Because these are things that we all know we need, but we really struggle to actually fit in. How do we do that? But equally, they're in the context of a world that's pushing them into a shape that is, uh, it's not just unhelpful, it's actually destructive to who we want to be. And so again, bodily discipline. How do we also think about the disciplined life that will free us up to do the things that we know need to be done? And so I think if those kind of things, if you've got your friends, you know, if you kind of have a path of some spiritual routines, and if you're also thinking about the whole of life and how you need to discipline yourself, now we're starting to talk about conditions that can really promote spiritual growth. Yeah. Uh, I think that what I hope guys see, and this is what I think cross-training has to offer that may be a little different from others that I've seen out there because uh, I've spent my life trying to grow in spiritual fitness. Joe, you know, I've been trying to, to grow spiritually and I uh, will continue, you know, to try, 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 try. Um, and something I've found different in some of the cross-training approach is if we succeed, if we do this well, at the end of it, is not a, a guy that has grown and learned from a book and uh, the insights that are provided and maybe, uh, maybe yeah, developed some great routines in his life, some disciplines in his life. 
But actually what I see at the end there as a successful end of cross training is not a him, but a them. So a lot of uh, times we go through these times where we desire spiritual growth for ourselves and we say, I want to grow and we still stay isolated or at the best that some spiritual growth has to offer is just you sitting alone, doing it by yourself. And right. uh, it's really sad. You know, you could go look, visit any small town and go uh, talk to the pastor and he's probably doing it alone. Sadly, you know, this is a These are uh, men that are experiencing spiritual growth isolated. That's not success to me. Uh, we need to not help him. We need him to become a them. We need yeah. a circle of guys that are identifying simple routines, bodily disciplines and doing it together. And I think that's why we started with spiritual friendship. You know, we could have started anywhere as we uh, thought about doing a podcast. I think that our end goal is, is them is we want you guy, if you're listening to this to not stay alone, we want you. Yeah. I hope you take this and learn, but we want you to join into a band of brothers that's doing it and multiplying uh, beyond yourself. So that's our aim. That's our goal. That's our desire. And look, guys, I will say uh, we've got resources to help with that. Um, we've developed some programs that I think will help you get there not for you personally, but for you and your friends. And uh, yeah. so that's our aim. If you need more information, you can contact us or go to our website uh, that's in the show notes and look, uh, uh, you know, learn more about that, that. But anything else that you'd, you'd say to wrap this up for us, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, where some guys struggle with, say, what we do with cross training is they think they've got to find the perfect band of brothers before it begins. Mm. And I think what this episode what guys need to think about is, you know, it begins with you becoming a kind of person and realizing it may be a ragtag group of guys that you wouldn't necessarily select um, to be in the trench with you. However, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. You know, if you take those guys and begin to invest and become the kind of friend that we're talking about, what you'll find is that group's going to start to shift over time. And uh, it's the end. Like you said, it's the end product is the them, the guys that are headed out on that dangerous journey of life together. Um, but you got to be willing to be the spark that's going to begin the process. You can't look and just hope it's all going to come together spontaneously on its own. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. And I hope that you see this as a next step. And uh, this isn't the end though. I'll say this was, yes, kind of our first go round for podcast, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, tackling a totally different topic. That's still in the realm of training you in spiritual fitness. That's our goal. Joe and I are really passionate about training men in spiritual fitness. So uh, if that's something you're into, come back, uh, subscribe to this podcast, and uh, we'll keep uh, you know, producing content that helps you with that. So we'll see you again next time.